Hey everyone, uh, welcome along again. Thanks for letting us um, onto your devices, into your living rooms. Uh, we won't take up too much time, but hopefully we will um, we will point you back towards God if you're wandering off, or just give you something to think about God if you've not thought about this before. So welcome along. My name's Ash, one of the pastors at Christchurch Escape. We're carrying on our series, um, which I've been really getting into, and it's called heaven on earth and we are wrestling with um, thinking through the idea um, that not just into the future but also right now heaven is a place on earth that we can have some experience um, of this future kingdom right now the now amongst the not yet of this kingdom that we've been talking about so we've been just trying to wrestle with that and think that through I think it's really interesting um, that human whether they are whether they're Christians or not have got really definite expectations of what God's kingdom what his rule and reign is going to look like everybody's kind of got a pretty fixed idea definite expectations on what this is going to look like and often it's often the case that these these ideas we've got um can block us actually from really seeing who God is we get into these fixed ways of thinking we think that God should operate uh, this way or that way uh, we think that being being his people means that everything becomes about this issue or that issue or being his people means that and this is definitely the case in some countries that it means being part of this political party or that political party or it needs a b or c to happen you know, for us to think that God's rule and reign is happening, or His rule and reign means something like um, a tragedy should just never happen. Makes it difficult, I think, having these expectations. Also, the other side of that coin, the other thing that we think is that it involves a living life to a standard. Um, his kingdom is about works. That's that's the way that it it works. It's about works, and it works that way. And we kind of think either that we won't keep it up, so we kind of we kind of struggle to get into it because we think we won't keep it up, or we d we do try and keep it up and we become hypocrites and we because we can't keep it, we point people away from it. It's an interesting thing, isn't it? Humans can imagine an all-powerful, omniscient, everywhere, all-creating, self-sustaining being, and yet we can we can hold that. We can hold that in our heads and think that we know better than him about what it would mean for his ways to manifest themselves on earth. It's a funny thing, isn't it? It's a bit like an ant um, in an ant's nest at the bottom of your garden saying that it can fully understand the implications of uh, the mental health breakdown that's happened in our country since COVID um, because it wandered out of its little line once and it got lost and it had a bit of a a meltdown it's that kind of it's that sense sometimes how we think about things and the reality is though the world that we live in uh, the way that it's shaped uh, the influences that come all of our ways means that we end up with expectations of what God should do and whether we get carried along with other people's expectations of what God should do or whether we whether we create these expectations ourselves we have these expectations that sometimes make make seeing God now, make faith in God now, or living in his kingdom now, 
difficult. When Jesus speaks this parable, he's speaking, a, he's speaking his parable to people like this, people with really fixed views. Um, so we've, uh, I think Paul brought us the idea that he got up and he's speaking to these people and there's this, um, you know, this like amphitheater of people listening in, you know, hugely, I guess, predominantly Jewish backgroundy sort of audience with this really high value of works, thinking that works is, is the way that God's going to manifest himself to people. But also, these people are ready with their um, pitchforks. They're ready thinking that for God to uh, for God ways to be manifest on the, this earth, it's going to need some sort of revolution, some sort of military uprising. Um, there's there's what you call zealots, people that are zealous for God's kingdom. You know, ready, zealous. Um, Jesus has even got disciples that are zealous for that kingdom, that way of thinking. This is this is the the um, setting in which Jesus brings this parable, and into that parable of people with very um, fixed views, pretty fixed views about what this kingdom's going to look like, similar to what we have. Jesus says these words, uh, Matthew 13, 31. And he, as, as we've said already, gives them something to think about, give, takes them to a place that might become a pivot in their life. You can't walk away from this parable without wrestling with it. These people with this fixed view hear this, the kingdom of heaven. And just, just imagine them, pick, 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 um, you know, swords at home ready to go, pitchforks at the ready. And Jesus starts with this tale. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it's the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it becomes, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and perch in its branches. So what do we see from this parable? I think the audience is going to be a little bit confused, maybe even a little bit disappointed. And I can, I think this might just be the way that my imagination works, but I can, Jesus is a great storyteller. And I imagine him as the kind of person that can just look around him, hold an audience and tell a story. You've, you'll have seen people like this, what you, they can just, they can look around and the props for the story can be around them. They can make their point with the things that they've got available. And Jesus tells them this story as they're trying to work out what the, the kingdom of God is. And he says, it's like a mustard seed. And you can almost imagine people at the back, you know, of the crowd not being able to see it. Even people at the front, you know, if he's got a mustard seed, has he got a mustard seed in his hand or not? And then Jesus says, it's not, it's like a tiny mustard seed. But this tiny mustard seed doesn't just become a plant. doesn't just get as big as a plant. It gets as big as a tree. And it gets so big. And I don't know if this happened in the moment as Jesus looks over to one of these trees. It gets so big, there's this tiny mustard seed, that even the birds of the air that are flying around drop in it and make their homes in it, this tiny mustard seed. So I reckon the first hearers, so I, if I put myself in that crowd and I've got that background and I've been oppressed, you know, for a long time by the Romans and I've got this backstory of the Hebrew people and this promises for God. And, you know, I'm, I think they're ready for a war. I think they're going to be a bit disappointed hearing a, an agricultural anecdote. And they've, they've heard, if you look th throughout the chapter, they've heard a few agricultural anecdotes. These people were ready for, you know, war stories, I think, or more ready for a war story, more ready for something, you know, tangibly revolutionary. 
but definitely they'll have got the message that this this thing's going to get big. Whatever it is, it's going to start small and get big. Now, we look back from the other side, from 2,000 years into the future, as it were, the other side of history about this parable, and we can see, I think in a pretty obvious way, how this kind of parable has worked out. We look at uh, God's people. We look at the church. We look at Christians who start off their journey with, you know, really a man in Galilee without anywhere to lay his hat, with a couple of people following him around. But tiny seeds of truth, irrepressible seeds of truth, that means that this thing grows and it grows and it grows and it grows, and eventually somebody at the other side of the world is making his home in this story. The parable, you know, it grows and it grows and grows. There is that really obvious application, but I think also we could look at it and go, it's, it also works, I think, in our own lives. This, These seeds of truth that get planted within us, this gospel truth, this story that we've seen in Jesus' life, it gets tucked within us. It's a tiny little story, and yet it manifests itself in amazing ways. People go on incredible journeys of faith. People's lives are turned around. People with really, you know, really struggling with life or struggling with bad habits or whatever else it was can be completely turned around because of this truth that resides within them. That's the first thing they'll see. But that stuff only happens. You see in the text what has to happen to this seed. Somebody grabs it and plants it. Lots here about what it means to... Um, about agriculture, about stuff that gets put in soil and takes root. To be successful, this thing's got to take root. It's got to be implanted. For growth to happen in the world, I think, and in the church and throughout Christianity, this this message, is when it superficially doesn't work, it's got to become part of our DNA. And we kind of know this, don't we? When our faith is just habitual and I would wager that we've all been through seasons of life where it's been a bit like that we we kind of know that nothing good comes of it when it's just when we're just going through it when we're just going through the motions but when we are like when God's word really speaks to us when we're really soaking it up or when we you know when the story of the cross really you know when it really convicts us when we really see our error placed on onto Jesus and we see the grace that that pours out when that happens like you don't need to go on a bible study call witness do you? it just it just happens you just become a real light you just experience incredible inner change you can try and break a habit can't you forever you know you can write it on your wall or whatever but if you experience the great if you've really got it it just changes doesn't it it's an incredible thing this kingdom but here's Here's the drama. Here's the problem. Experiencing it now, the reality, living in it now, the brilliance of it now, I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? Doesn't it? Doesn't it sometimes look that like God's values in this world, God's ways, um, the ways that we try and replicate, doesn't it ever feel like they're just not going to prevail? They're just not going to get anywhere? 
and it maybe even feels like like our like doing good works might just get through to people doing good works might just bring about change or some sort of christian you know revolution some some sort of political movement or something like that that might just work but just god's ways on their own and us being god's people even even when we look from this side of history even when we hear that parable and we see the sort of true story of the church that's that's grown we see the size of the tree you know we can look at the size of the tree in the church or we could look at the size of the tree in our own lives you know the change that's happened within us we can have all this uh, you know stuck right in front of us yet uh, the mustard seed of faith that we've got sometimes it feels so small that it can just drop through our fingers doesn't it it just feels so insignificant this is this is a bit of the reality of now and we're trying to think through how does this kingdom affect us now and i think I think it's worth getting lost in the beauty of this parable. You see, Jesus, he doesn't say it's all about faith in the small thing. Notice that. He doesn't say it's just about having faith in something that looks small. Nor does he say it's all about hanging on to something that gets so big we can have confidence in it. He doesn't say that. He says the power of the kingdom is that it's like both that's what he says it's like a mustard seed that's able to grow into something big the power of it is in the miracle of it jesus used a, a mustard seed when, when i got to thinking about this i thought about a sunflower seed um so if you've got if you've got kids at school or or um you just like gardening you'll know about this kind of stuff one day one of the kids comes home they bring in that the, the the mustard seed, the teacher's given them the task. You plant the mustard seed, and it's quite a small um, little tub to put it in. But you don't really think about the small tub because the seed's tiny. You think it's going to be fine. You plunk it on your windowsill. If you're a parent like me, you pay very little attention to the, the process. Um, you blink, you look around in a week or two, and this thing, they grow. They're huge. Um, and I actually, and this is a bit pathetic, but I, I find sunflowers a little bit scary genuinely a little bit creepy and i think it's something to do with just how well maybe it's because i never repotted the sunflower but they just get so big so quick they've got little bits of fur coming off the side of them i don't find the head very attractive it's just but i think it's just that it gets so big and that's what the point that jesus is making here it's not just that it gets so big or that it's so small it's that both is possible when you look at the sunflower you look at it and you go how did that happen how on earth did that happen it had nothing to do you know what what caused it to grow so this is what the parable of the kingdom this is what the kingdom of heaven is like it's been able to hold on to something uh, that looks insignificant at times knowing that it's got huge potential for change and growth it's like that it's been able to hold on to something that sometimes feels really small and insignificant and sometimes that's how it feels to be a Christian. That's how it feels to know what you know. That's how it feels to live in the workplace and everything else. But you know at the same time that it's got huge potential for growth and change. It's got huge, um, it's got huge potential. We know that. We know these, we live in bodies that are really um, 
vulnerable to getting things wrong in a world that sort of tempts us every which way in that and yet these small truths can blossom into huge big life-changing realities for us but i think even more than we know that this parable tells us that we can also live out the reality of huge kingdom promise you know heaven and a life of real meaning and all of this stuff that could that could really give you a big head you know or it could really make you overly confident in yourself and that kind of stuff except it doesn't because we live out the reality of this huge kingdom promise without ever being able to get away from the fact that it stems from a tiny seed where these kingdom citizens we've got great news a great future ahead of us and yet we don't become big-headed monsters or we shouldn't become big-headed monsters we stay light and we stay attractive because this kingdom never lets us get away from the fact that its origins lie in a tiny mustard seed um my wife's uh, grandpa is not a very well man at the moment just one of the best um one of the best men i've i've ever i've ever met one of the best guys i've ever known um, about, about 15 or yeah about 15 years ago he dragged us off to norway to show us how beautiful norway was and reluctantly we went and he took us round it what felt like waterfall after waterfall and me and jude would say to each other once you've seen one waterfall you've seen them all it didn't seem to be meaning as much to us as to them and then we found this one waterfall it was just even with my young cynicism just blew my mind and i found found the humility to look at him after all my cynicism and go you know you've brought us to thank you for taking us to this brilliant place and he and he sort of looked at me and pointed up at the waterfall as if to say you know ash don't you that's nothing to do with me this is all of somebody else's doing and that's what it like with the kingdom that's what it's like to know the story of the cross you've got this amazing awesome life-changing truth inside of you and yet you can't take any of the credit for it because it's grace that's pouring out onto us let me just finish with this reading um paul talks paul Paul is talking about what it's like to to live as a citizen of the kingdom in his letter to the Philippians. And he sort of explains it all like this. Let me just read this text out. Read it through with me if you can. And if you're into, um, if you want to dig around a little bit more in the week, if if you want to do this with life groups, that kind of thing, this, have a look at this passage because this is great for unpacking what the kingdom's like, where its strength is. Paul says, to the Philippians have the same mindset as Christ Jesus who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death even death on a cross Therefore, and note the therefores in this text, therefore, because of that, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him a name above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and under earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, 
my dear friends, as you have always obeyed. Not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked generation. Then you'll shine among them like stars as you hold on to the word of truth. That's it explained. And you see what's going on, on there? God, through Jesus, though, though he has everything, becomes nothing, gives it all up. And in the act of becoming nothing, he saves us and he demonstrates the goodness and the good intent of God. And so God, that's not three, so God exalts him. God lifts him up to the highest place. And then it says, therefore, given that this has happened, what you should do if you're a citizen of the kingdom, how this, how this kingdom's going to grow and be what it is, is by you staying within this story of salvation. Live out these truths. Let that, let that example be the thing that changes you. Because this is for God's good purpose. And then what will happen? Even though it seems really unlikely. Paul uses this lovely turn of phrase uh, that we miss. In, um, we miss, I think, the significance of, given that we've got so much light pollution. And we look up, we don't really see the stars that often. If you look up and see the stars in the Middle East, back in Jesus' time, they would shine out. They would speak to you. Paul says, you're going to shine like stars as you hold on to the word of life. As you hold on to this story, as you hang on to the example of this man, Jesus. You're going to be as bright and extraordinary as you are clinging on to Jesus' humble act. You're going to be as glowing and as attractive a Christian as you are aware of the grace you've received. You're going to be as forgiving as you are forgiven. You're going to be as certain about your eternal future, your tomorrow, as you are surrendered to your life. You're going to be as certain about your future as you are rooted in his ways. That's the message of the parable. That's what the kingdom of heaven is like for us to live it. It looks, doesn't it, like an unlikely kingdom. Doesn't it? Let's be honest. Living out these truths, going to church in a world that often forgets church, it looks like an unlikely kingdom, doesn't it? And the other kingdoms around us, because that's what shapes our world, kingdoms, they look really powerful, don't they? Right now, you look at them, the kingdoms of our world, whether it's tech, whether it's China, whether it's the US, whether it's wherever it is, these kingdoms look like they're never going to tumble but you know what? They always do. They will eventually tumble. They have in the past. They will again. And that's not me saying anything prophetic. That's me looking at the world through common sense. Because all these kingdoms have got kings. And eventually they get greedy. Or the citizens of the kingdom see through the leaders. Or both things happen at once more often than not. And the kingdom comes down. This kingdom that 
this kingdom that I present to you, the kingdom of heaven, his church, his people, being part of that kingdom. Even though it looks, you know, even though it looks like sometimes a bunch of people wearing socks and sandals, even though sometimes it looks like people using, you know, old fashioned hymn books, or even though it looks like, you know, even though it's got dated truths, people from contemporary world will look at it and got say it's got data truth even though it looks fragile even though you think is this thing really going to get me through even though it looks like that this kingdom will prevail life's about picking a kingdom i think this kingdom's going to prevail because the citizens in the kingdom have stared long and hard at the king and the more they stare at the king the more they realize that he's good he's not going to let them down in fact he's better than good he left everything and he leaves us a perfect example to follow. Father God, thank you, um, thank you for your word. Thank you, thank you for these stories that Jesus told that really are able to speak into. It's like two thousand years later, they can speak straight into us. And we thank you for uh, the certainty of your kingdom. Uh, we thank you for the good ways um, that you put forward. We thank you for the certainty that your kingdom will come. And as we live out those ways now, even though it feels sometimes as small as a mustard seed, Father God, we can be confident that this faith will grow. Nothing can stop that. Father, we just pray that um, we know this is a work of grace. We know that as soon as we start to think it's anything of ourselves, we ruin it. We just pray that you'll really continue to speak to us about about your, that work on the cross. And let that be um, our compass and our direction, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Lovely. Good to see you both. Cheers, Hi, Matt. Good to you. Hello. Uh, thank you, Ash, for that. It was great. Um, a question for me is, why do you find sunflowers so freaky? <laughs> a really important question. I've never found them really freaky, but well, now you said it, they are quite weird. I did wonder as I was saying it. I thought this is this, sometimes when you give an illustration, you think that might just be me. <laughs> I think it, it is because I get, it, I, think I get it. They get so big, so quick, and I think it's it's probably that, and it's a combination of that and absent parenting, where I'm just not really watching the project, <laughs> and then I turn my back and I look round. And it's this huge, and I think there was a kid's cartoon when I was growing up when there was a, something like a sunflower that was a bit aggressive. <laughs> I think it's like a Grinch. I think it's like the Grinch or something. Anyway, we're, we're digressing. We're digressing. <laughs> well, you're, you're digressing. <laughs> I, I digress. I, I do apologize. Um, I, thought, I thought in terms of, you know, in terms of the size as, as a, you know, as a mustard seed and to, the example that we've got here now is, you know, this started, well, you could st obviously, I agree, it started at the you know, obviously right at the beginning of creation, but in terms of looking at it from a worldly perspective, they started with a group of guys, the leader got killed. It should have been snuffed out. We're here now, 2000 years later, talking through laptops to people in West Yorkshire, proclaiming mm -hmm. Jesus. That is an example of how something can seem so small that can be snuffed out by force, grows yeah. into something which is it's almost like and it's almost like the story is um god makes it as small as possible almost 
Mm. You know, Jesus comes and aban- you know, in Philippians, he abandons everything that he had and he ends up being born as a, a babe and he travels around in a really small space and, you know, gives out these little bits of truth and then dies, you know, and you think, and he makes himself, you know, into nothing, you know, so, so he's not even giving a response when people are abusing him on the cross. And yet uh, it's that very story that has the miracle of, of growth within it yeah i think one of the advantages of um doing a service on in this you've got your computer in front of you and thought let's put that into perspective mm. there's been they, they asked the estimation is that there's been 107 billion people have lived on earth in history 107 billion and one man mm. is at the very center of history and I think it's 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 just remarkable, isn't it, that mm. everything was preparing for him, everything points to him. But as Paul says, unless he rose again, you know, one one man walks around a little bit of Palestine for three years, but it's actually it's actually one day that changes everything, one moment when he rises again yeah absolutely absolutely but that, yeah. that's that you know that did it and the um but i think that the you know the miracle of the of the kingdom is that it is it's a it's a it's something that it's something like that that's in a sense you can so that is a huge story the resurrection story but so many people look at that and go yeah not not a big deal you know not mm. not a huge thing and yet that thing is the you know the potential of that thing is is huge for you know for everyone and both those truths kind of hold true and that's you know i think that's kind of the way that his kingdom is even working out now we uh, you know we live out this this you know this humble life thinking all the time you know is this really is this really it and yet the reality is it is it you know it is it's it's jesus sermon on the mount it's uh, the you know the beatitudes. It's it's little things like that actually with just huge power, and we hold we hold both uh, you know together. Mm. Yeah. Do you think there's something in in the fact that we're called to have faith in something that is so relatively small in one sense and insignificant? Mm. Yeah. Go on, Boydie. I'd, I'd say so. Well, I, I was just saying, you know, it's. It's a God-given faith, isn't it? Because, you know, you look at the cross, you look at, you know, Christmas, and without a God-given faith, you'll look at that and say, strange, absurd. And and if, if there's no, nothing going on in our hearts and lives, we'd, we wouldn't be talking now. We'd be doing other things. You know, we'd be binging Netflix or something. You know, we wouldn't be doing this. If, we, if God didn't shape our hearts and minds and lives and changed us and from something so small into something where we stake our lives over. So it's, you know, for me, if someone is, has that faith in something so small, God is working in you. There's not, there's nothing to do. It's nothing to do with, you know, yourself. God is wooing you and and, and working in you. And that's, that's a great thing. And, and, And like you said, Ash, it's an intentional thing. God didn't come into this world, you know, as a, you know, all conquering, you know, as uh, as as what the his followers wanted and expected. He came in as a baby in a stable. 
Yeah. And you know, it's just... foolishness of this world, isn't it? The fact that it's um, the fact that God that we need to have faith in something like that. The fact that it's like that and it's also like something big just means the whole time you can never think it's ever about you. You know, that it's you're always aware of the the miracle. Like when I referenced the waterfall moment, I think it's a bit like that where you 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 want to you want to sort of own it. You take somebody to see something like that and you you want to go look look at this. It's a it's amazing and yet you can't own it. You can't grab it. It's not your moment. It's you know, you can you can take somebody there, but the the beautiful waterfall it's not yours to own and you saw so you can't you can't get you can't get proud about it you you can only you know be washed in it you can only be soaked with it it can only be like grace i think that's 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 the miracle of this kingdom you think it should you think you look at it on the one hand you think it should it should snuff out eventually and yet it never does because sit you know true citizens of this kingdom as it were are all constantly moved by the miracle of the story and can you know always end up reflecting their their king because they can't get they or they shouldn't get you know so big-headed because it's just it's not about them they only end up pointing to the waterfall they only end up pointing to the grace that was um you know lavished on them i think i think one of the great things about the way we well i find it really encouraging the way we piece together different different uh series at christchurch just before christmas we were looking at advent and, and I think what that tried to draw us into was the idea that the, that Jesus is not disconnected from actually the dramatic return and the kind of it, everything in the Old Testament says there's a judge coming. And then Jesus turns up and he doesn't look anything like a judge. Mm. And yet mm. at the same time, he is absolutely connected to the returning Jesus Definitely. Who is the judge? Mm. And that, that's something in the kingdom as well, isn't it? And I suppose mm. when you when you think about that, it's 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 a grain of mustard, the kingdom, and yet at the same time it's a it's an awesome thing and it's a powerful thing in a different mm. way. But Matt, you know, when you said that it's a God given faith, what, what would you say to somebody who's maybe listening or watching and thinking, well, I've what, what do I do if it's God-given and I don't feel as if I've been given it? <laughs> That's a, yeah, that is a good point. Well, what I would say is if someone is listening, there's obviously something stirring in their hearts anyway. Mm. Even if we don't recognize it, God is still working in our lives and it could be so small, we don't even see it, we don't even feel it. But if you're, if you're watching this now, that's been ordained. That's not by accident. So what I would say is, you know, if when you seek God, God draws closer to you. He promises that. And, um, you know, it, it, God is the one that grows us, isn't he? You know, and just, just keep looking for him and keep asking questions, keep contact us, you know, and, and you know, you'll find him, he'll find you. But if, if, he's, if they're asking that question, I would say, so even that's like mustard seed. <laughs> Absolutely. Even the fact that they're watching at the moment or Absolutely. you're watching at the moment, listening, thinking. Absolutely. Maybe feeling even the feeling of feeling outside mm. uh, is the beginnings of wanting something. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely, and uh, that's an encouraging thing. Mm. That's an encouraging yeah. thing. I, I, even I when you're, say. even when you're like living in the, in the kingdom, so to speak. If you are a Christian, I think it, wrestling with, um, the idea of what it means to be in it, 
mm. you know, these, I think sometimes you can think, is this, is this really, you know, what exactly, we, just because the, the, um, the imagery that pops into your head when you think of kingdom doesn't always align up with, with, you know, what we're, we're talking about the kingdom on heaven. We're talking about heaven here now amongst us. And you, you sort sometimes when you live in the, you know, you go to work and you have, you fall out with somebody, you get annoyed on the way and you think, oh, is this, was this, is this it? Am I in, you know, am I in the kingdom? And I think these parables are really helpful for us just to, because you can get to a point where you think, I don't know. And then you you have the words of Jesus, you know, softly in your head. Mm. It's like a it's like a mustard seed. It's like something Absolutely. that, you know, that mm. could drop out of your pocket in a sense. But it, the potential is is huge if it's if it's planted in you. If it's if if these words of truth have really changed it. If this if this loving act on the cross, if this resurrection story is real for you, then then yeah, you know, mm. it, it it can grow into something incredible. Even to the extent that. Uh, the birds. So I read that a lot. I don't know what you think about the birds in the air, but I've read all sorts about about what that means, this or that. But I just, as I wrestled with it more and more and read about it more and more, I just thought it's just amazing that this story has the reach that it does to, to, for people to find, you know, the birds come and nest in it. People from deepest, darkest Cass, you know, <laughs> when when God's Hot people, hunting. when yeah, well, well, no. I think Cass is dark at the point. From, I, I can say it because I live there. I'm, you know, good, good, good. I live, let's, let's say that. Let's say that. Yeah, I live the right side of the M62. Yeah, I can say it. Um, but, you know, the, and yet we can make our, you know, we make our home in it. We, we, mm. I, and, you know, we can almost get to the point where it is a home. We look at it and go, yeah, this is, we're right. This, you know, this is, this God's happening here. And we can, like, we're longing for us to go back to the church building, not the church, but the church building. And sort of because we go, that's there's a sense of home there. You know, there's a sense mm. where we can go, we can meet other Christians, and we're perfectly at home there with God. And God's, you know, done that. That that seed has, has borne out. And in a sense, you can, you don't have to be prophetic to say that. You can just say, yeah, that's, that's it. That's, that's, um, that's been fulfilled in our, mm. you know, in our line of sight, as it were. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it becomes a comfort way beyond, doesn't it? To yeah, so yeah. many. Yeah, yeah. I do. I do see it bearing out as well within. I, I, I don't think I stretched that that point too far. I think that um, I see we see it very literally in the eyes of the church. But I think as well, it, the kingdom does. It's, it's like planted within us. You do. It does become part of you. If if for example, so for example, if you the idea of forgiveness, something I would say comes. It can come quite hard to us. Comes quite hard to me. The idea then, if if at the start of my thoughts on forgiveness, I start with I am forgiven by God for all the stuff I've done wrong. If that becomes part of my DNA, you know that kingdom principle that leads. If that's really in there, you know something that is like forgiveness. If you're listening at home, it's just like one of the hard. You know, some people do you over the wrong way you just want to you almost take joy in resenting them for the rest you know you can almost that can become your life Mm. (laughs) mantra and yet and you can sort of get stuck with it and and sort of not even be able to hear god's voice and yet if the kingdom if that part of the kingdom's within you you just know inside yourself that you're completely forgiven absolutely it makes something does something then grow within you that can be a comfort to those around you like the birds gathering in the mustard in the mustard tree, as it now is, I yeah. think that's something of what what Jesus is 
is always encouraging us to think about with these kingdom parables. He's saying, look, it's on it's on so many levels. It's inside of you. It's outside of you. It's here. It's to come. It's now. Mm. It's not yet. There's, mm. there's so many aspects to it. I think this one always reminds me in two ways. One, it reminds me of when Jesus is dying on the cross and one of the thieves berates him and the other one encourages him and, and says, please remember me. And Jesus turns around to him and says, today you'll be with me in paradise. And you think, wow, how much faith did that guy have? <laughs> That's about as mustard seedish as you could imagine. The last, the last few words that he said on earth. That's the extent of his faith. It's an encouragement mm. to me because you get to the point you think, my the more you go on, the more you realize your faith is far more like a mustard seed than it is something big and strong. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And I, like you say, how it influences or can be a comfort to other people. And it's so much bigger than you. You know, yeah. and that's the thing. It's so much bigger than you, and yeah, that that gives me rest just to know it's it's bigger than me, um, yeah. and bigger than all of us, um, and that's a good thing. That's an encouraging thing. Yeah, it should his favorite Bible character, that guy. When I've done the podcast, I've expected. I don't think anyone's mentioned him yet, but the fact that he's in there gives us all, you know, not by accident is the story of the thief on the cross. Yeah. In God's word, this guy who at the you know after you know getting up to all sorts, you might say, turns and sees God and mm. faith as small as a mustard seed, but God's forgiveness as big as a boat or whatever you know whatever the mm. probably better illustration has come to mind. But you know you know what I'm trying to say. It's mm. it's there and, it, and it's real and it does it does it does give us hope and it does it is real to life as well. The mm. fact, so often when you you think are you trying to get into this idea of God's kingdom, heaven on earth, it's not that. It's not that. Um, I don't know. Difficult, and I. In the one sense, you think you look at it, you think it's, it's quite difficult to get my head around. And the other side, you think, no, actually, that's exactly what it is like. It's exactly like Jesus said it would be. It's exactly yeah. like having a mustard seed that yeah. can turn into a huge big tree. That's exactly what it is. Sometimes that's it feels right. like a mustard seed and looks like a mustard seed. Yeah. yeah, I think um, yeah, I like I like the reading that you had, Ash. Um, I love that little closing few words where it says you can shine like stars in the, into the sky. So hold firmly to the word of life. Yeah, that, that's what's going to make a mustard seed just grow a little bit more. It's just a beautiful phrase that, isn't it? Firmly. Hold firmly to the word of life is yeah. something that we if we lived by that every day, we'd be changed people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the, two, the two dudes that he goes on to talk about, is, I don't know if, I think it's Life Group Notes this week, they're, they're great, um, just really regular characters. If you go on to read the rest of the text, they don't do it. They don't seem to do anything outstanding. And yet they live these humble kingdom lives. And they do, they're examples of, you know, I think mm. Paul just picks them out because they're two examples of what a star is like. They do pretty menial, you know, one's humble, one's... Uh, one does does a great one act of kindness, um, take travel taking the money bag from one end of the one end of the place to the other, and yet they they you know they shine like stars. We read about them two thousand years later, and you yeah. know the light carries on. So. Yeah, yeah, cool. I think that's a good place to close, guys. We could we could carry on talking for an hour, <laughs> quite <laughs> quite honestly, couldn't we? But um, 
But um, no, it's but been pe- a, it's people been would a, people would start turning up. They'll start saying you have zero watchers. I'll just be here. <laughs> so um, <laughs> right, have a good week, guys. Have a blessed time. We will see you next week. Um, take care and God bless. Take care. Bye bye.